0: After doing this radio program for over two years, I'm often asked the question, are things going to get better or are they going to get worse? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Jim Calhoun will be along in just a little bit. But I want to take a few moments at the beginning of this broadcast to, to share some important thoughts with you. I'm often asked the question, are things going to get better or are things going to get worse? And my answer is simple, yes. Yes, things are gonna get better and yes, things are going to get worse. I read a lot of the same material that you do. I see a lot of videos, not as many as I used to. I'm very selective in who I read and who I follow and i'm always cautious of certain websites that to be honest all they have is bad news but they have a lot of clickbait they're making a lot of money selling you bad news now does that mean that bad things are not going to happen of course not there's going to be plenty of bad things happening i see some rough times ahead in the economy i see the world economic forum trying to get their way and have a global reset. I see certain billionaire class people that think they're entitled to own the world and control you and the population. Yeah, I see the maneuvering to, to take what they believe are their rightful positions. But lately, lately I have this wonderful feeling. Even though things are gonna go totally in a bad direction probably in my lifetime and maybe not that far away oh I see inflation getting worse I see some economic difficulty ahead I see war on the horizon but I also see something else I really believe that God is in control we are heading toward a place only God can intervene. And I also believe two other things that are based in Scripture. Number one, God is going to reveal a lot of the evil to many people in this world. But those that have given themselves over to evil will never see it. They're blinded. They believe the lie. They reject the truth. Yet many of you that are uncertain, many of you that have wondered Was the election fair? Was it stolen? And the questions go on and on. I really believe you're going to get an answer and be satisfied with the answer. Even though those that choose to believe the lie will double down and continue to believe what they will objectively know as a lie, but in their spirit will reject the truth in order to believe the lie, as the Bible says, unto their own damnation. And I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more later on this week. I I feel we're coming into some uncharted waters that the world has never seen before. Not even the pre-World War II and during World War II time. It's gonna be different. And it's going to be easy to chronicle second by second, moment by moment. Now, today is always on a Wednesday. I welcome my guest host that gives me a little time away from the microphone to come to this microphone to share with you his thoughts. And I know Jim has been looking at the world as well. And so, Jim, I'd like to get some of your observations on this world today.
1: Thanks, Bob. And it's truly great to be back on Truth to Ponder. Well, before I get on to my topics today, which is going to be talking about world events and things that just seem to be going the wrong direction. I'm going to talk about last week's show, and I want to sincerely apologize to Bob Bierman and also to the listeners because I spent the whole day in the hayfield baling hay in 100 degree weather out in the open, and that's a very dirty, dusty job. I breathed in a whole bunch of dust that turned into mud in my sinuses. And I didn't have any other time that I could record that program. So I got off of a hot tractor on a hot day with my throat full of dust and my nose full of dust, and I recorded a show. And of course, I had to cough and sneeze and blow my nose and do everything to get through the show, knowing that I could edit it all out. Well, I got the show and I, sure enough, had to edit everything out because I had all sorts of misspoken words and things like that because my throat was just so full of dust. Well, it turns out that my program that I edit with has a feature that can revert back to the original recording. And I did proof what I sent to Bob Beerman, but when I hit save right before I hit send, apparently this program reverted back and it took all my edits out. And so it was left with just really an unlistenable program. And for that, I really apologize. But I've done some research on this and to make this function work it'll say are you sure you want to revert have to hit yes or no and if you hit yes it'll say do you really want to revert so you have to go through several hoops before it will revert back to the original recording well I don't know what glitch happened but when I hit save it reverted at the same time and since I was saving what I'd already listened to and already proofed then that was just like a sneak attack and so I sent it off to Bob Beerman and Bob got it and we've never had issues like that before and Bob trusts me and so he just put it on the show and so what I've decided to do from now on is I'm going to send it to myself first through a third party and I'm going to proof it that way and not through my computer but i don't know why this program had a glitch but since it's had but since it had this glitch i'm going to have to really watch it to make sure that never happens again and so i apologize to the listeners that had to listen to me record a show with a throat full of dirt and i'm just going to leave it at that i know that the comedian steve martin advises people in show business with this one thought he says in every career, there's a best show, and a worst show, just one, just one best and one worst. He said all the rest of them are just somewhere in the middle. And so, hopefully, I got the worst show I'm ever gonna do out of the way. The show actually that I mixed down was an, was an okay show, but what I originally recorded was nothing but me hacking and coughing, and I had several people get hold of me and say. Are you okay? What's wrong? And I didn't know what they were even talking about until until I heard what the computer did to my efforts. It just took it and dumped all my work. I had about an hour and a half of editing that just went away. And we all have stories about computer issues and things like that, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I know that you should always trust but verify. That's one of the things that I picked up from Ronald Reagan. And I trusted, but I did not verify, so it's on me a hundred percent. And again, I apologize to everyone out there. It'll never happen again. And I truly appreciate your understanding. Now it's onward and upward. I've been doing lots of research as far as the world condition. And there are things being set up very slowly that are going to have profound changes in the western culture anyway and i'm going to use a for instance you remember during the gulf war they took quite a long time to gear up before they actually started that war in the gulf they had to get all their supply lines worked out they had to get the they had to move troops and equipment and it was just a logistical nightmare some of the things that the military had to do Before they started hostilities. And so there were people, I'm sure, that were thinking it was all a bunch of bluster. They're thinking, well, if they're saying they're going to shoot, why aren't they shooting? Well, they don't shoot until they think they have all their ducks in a row to where their shooting is actually not only going to do some good, but it'll actually solve a problem. And I think the entire world is in that same holding pattern right now. Right now, you have governments all around the world. Doing small little things that tell me that these governments suspect something big is about to happen. There's laws being changed. There's protocols being changed. There are things that happening that shouldn't be happening as far as legality. Our Constitution in this country is being trampled upon, elections stolen, and the United States is just nothing but a big third world banana republic right now. And that really saddens me to say that, but the handwriting's on the wall, and as they say, the proof is in the pudding. All you have to do is look at illegitimate Joe Biden, who should in no way have any kind of power at all. He's demented, but also he's evil. He's an evil, demented man, and he needs to go. But that's another show unto itself. But China right now, has changed their laws. And since Nancy Pelosi did her publicity stunt, going to Taiwan, it seemed that Beijing was slow to act. They sure talked a good talk and rattled their swords, but they didn't do anything. Well, that's because the law didn't allow them to move quickly. So quietly, China has changed their laws and they've given the military A whole lot more power to act without the civilian government in Beijing being involved, and I think everyone sees the danger in that. All it would take is one glory-hungry or trigger-happy general, and World War III has been started. That's all it's going to take. And so the slower channels that it always takes to declare open hostilities has been fast-tracked in China. That one fact alone is enough that it should scare everybody because governments don't make sweeping broad changes like that for nothing and so if something is up as far as china is concerned they're going to go to war so something must be up because as far as china is concerned they need the flexibility to go to war in an instant and they've been moving troops and materials and munitions and all sorts of hardware as if they're getting ready for something And of course, this mess in Ukraine that's happening that I know that the United States and the allies of NATO and those countries are lying to all of us. But I also know that that's the nature of war, is spreading all sorts of disinformation and lies. And so equally, I imagine that we're getting lies from the Kremlin and from Putin. But regardless of all the lies, all you have to do is open your eyes and see that they're using this nuclear power plant over in Ukraine as a catalyst to potentially start World War III. Nancy Pelosi's ill-timed visit, and also that other congressional delegation that went over to Taiwan. It seems like were, we're poking the dragon in China and we're poking the bear in Russia. And there is a school of thought that the United States is so deeply in debt that the United States is never going to be able to pay off its foreign debts at all. And so the only way the United States government can get out of paying the debt is by starting a massive war. Now, I don't know if I subscribe to that train of thought or not. I really don't. But if that is truly the case, it wouldn't surprise me. We truly have evil people in power in the government, and also we have evil people who are behind the scenes back in smoke-filled rooms making deals, people who are unaccountable and unknown to the public. And you have worldwide massive migrations everywhere. And you have people leaving third-world countries, going to first-world countries, and then turning that first-world country into a third-world country. Just look at what's happened to us in the United States. And look at what's happened to France. The French police are constantly getting ambushed and killed and beat, as our natural-born French people are being harassed and killed, raped, murdered by quote-unquote immigrants. You have some societies that are letting the Muslim people who are coming in practice Sharia law, as opposed to their law that they've had voted on and ratified by committees and Congress and parliaments and whatever the style of government they had, it was that law had to go through proper channels and has a history with that country. But to appease the quote-unquote migrants, they're allowing them to bring their justice system into different countries. And Sharia law has nothing in common with Western law, not really. It might have a few points in common, but the concept is totally, totally different. And what really has me thinking and scratching my head and wondering, is that Sharia law and how the Islamic laws are put into place, they're very archaic laws. They're literally an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, honor killings, and all sorts of things that are very much foreign to us. And so if you would have to say there's a group of people on the planet that are ultra conservative, that are holding on to Ancient beliefs and ancient laws that haven't been modernized, hardly in the least. Laws that allow certain people in their society to be treated like livestock and so forth is pretty common as far as how people are treated under Sharia law. And so you'd have to say that that would be the most draconian or ultra conservative type of a thing you could possibly imagine is using laws that are. Some of them thousands of years old. But yet, the liberals, not the classic liberals that everyone grew up with, but this new group of socialistic liberals, they seem to try to ally themselves with the people that practice Sharia law because they know that Sharia law will ultimately tear down any society that allows it to flourish. And so, you have all these liberals that think that they're going to use the Sharia law is another weapon against the evil capitalists that they absolutely hate to come in and destroy the capitalistic system, and so they're actually aiding and abetting people that they probably despise, but the term useful idiot comes to mind. You've also heard the saying that politics makes strange bedfellows, and that is very true. But what these ultra-elite socialist liberals don't understand is that they will not be able to shut off the Sharia law once it gets hold in a country and it becomes the main law. You might say, well, that'll never happen in a European country. In 25 years, most of Europe is going to be majority Muslim. In 50 years, it will be. So if Jesus doesn't return, and the world struggles along for another, let's say, 75 years, if you go to England 75 years from now or France, you won't recognize it as a Western country. It will be like little Pakistan or, or little Iran. That's going to be the culture. The country may say France, but the French government will be made up of all Muslims with Sharia law. And eventually that is going to happen. And that culture is very patient. They know that's going to happen as well. And so they're patiently waiting. Time is on their side. If the Western cultures don't wake up and put a stop to some of their reckless allowing of quote-unquote migrants to come to their country, they're all being invaded. And these liberal elite socialists, Satanists, they know that these countries are being invaded. They know that very well. That's why they're pushing it. Because they know it'll bring the current government down where they think in their great wisdom, they can simply step in and save the day and then have the power forever. And as Lee Corso was said about football games, not so fast, my friend. These liberal elites don't want to get their hands dirty. And the people that they are using as useful idiots have absolutely no trouble getting their hands as dirty as possible and if it becomes a war between the islamic ideology and the fanaticism that can accompany that group against the backstabbing ultra liberal leftist satanists i just don't think these elites are tough enough to deal with the sharia law and what that'll bring to them i guess what i'm trying to say is is these elites better watch out that they're not a victim of sharia law Because if they're infidels, as far as Islamic law is concerned, they don't have a prayer. So we have an awful lot going on that is disturbing. And speaking of migration, it seems like that these Democrat-controlled states, called blue states, have several blue cities in each one of these blue states, and the governor is Democrat and the mayors of the town are Democrat, and the city councils are Democrat, and so they're all Democrat-run. But yet you have people by the millions fleeing from Democrat-run states and cities, and they're moving into quote-unquote red states that are controlled by either independents or Republicans. And I ran into one the other day, and he left Colorado. And he told me all the bad things that were happening in Colorado, and that's why he left, and he moved to Nebraska. He said that Colorado, you can't afford to live there. What they've done to Colorado is they ruined it. And then the next sentence, he said that he was against patriots, and he thought that one of the biggest problems with the United States was people being patriots. And I'm going to quote him. He said, patriots are trouble. And my blood ran cold, but I held my tongue because I'm not going to get into a discussion with a zombie when I'm getting gas from my tractor so I can go out in Hayfield and go back to work. But it did make me think that these people are such brain-dead zombies that they will flee from a place that people like them have destroyed, but yet they're going to bring the politics with them. So now Nebraska has another ultra-leftist that hates patriotism, that hates America, that probably wants to see it fall because if he says the patriots are the problem with this country, well, then you could probably fill in the blank of what he really thinks if he would say that to a complete stranger, which I was to him, made me want to tell him, well, go back to Colorado and live with what you voted to have happen. Because that's what they do. They're like locusts. They go to a fresh field. They show up and devour it. And then when they look around and say, well, there's nothing to eat here. I'm going to move on. And so they go look for another fresh field to go devour. And that's what these liberals are doing. They're looking over the fence. They're seeing grass is greener on the other side, and they're cutting and running, and they're going to states that really don't deserve to be infiltrated, and I'm going to use that word very selectively, infiltrated by people that are going to bring their politics with them so they can change the new state that they have moved to. It's really a pet peeve of mine that some people want to move out into the country, and so they'll take their house and sell it in town and they'll go out and buy 10 acres in a house that might be next to an active farm. The first thing they do is start calling the county commissioner, wanting the county commissioner to address the smell and the noise that comes from a modern day farm. And before you know it, you have people knocking on the farmer's door, telling him that he has to change his way of business or do something different because they're getting complaints. And the complaints are from people that move out next to these farms that have been there for generations. And so I would tell the people that moved out there, go ahead and sell your acres and go back to town. That's one thing that never ceases to amaze me. Where I put up hay, there's a lot of sand hills and the sand hills are definitely just sand. There's very little topsoil, if any, and cactus and all sorts of spiny type things grow in that. It's not really good cow feed, but this year I'm taking what I get because the drought has severely lessened any chance I'm going to have of being able to feed my cows the way I want to. You have these windswept hills that hardly sustain a native grass as it is. And then people go up into this environment that's very hot and windy with very little topsoil, and they plant Kentucky bluegrass. And then they wonder why their lawns always die. They have to water it two or three times a day or it'll die. And so you have people that all their waking hours that they're not at work, they're out moving hoses or they're installing sprinkler systems and the water is always running. And these people are on rural electrification. So they have a public power district. And I'm no longer part of that system. And I'm very glad of that. But I know it's very punitive, and I know that their electricity is very overpriced. So these people are running their water pumps for hours every day. I can just see that meter just spinning and spinning. I would love to tell these people, if you want to have a nice, beautiful lawn with Kentucky bluegrass, and you want it to be this picture-perfect Norman Rockwell type of a scene, and you want it to be this picture-perfect place, You've moved to the wrong area to have this be a realistic idea. If the lawn means that much to you, move down into the valley where there's really deep, dark, rich soil. You have to water it about every other day down in the valley, but not twice a day every day all summer long. And also, you can be successful planting Kentucky bluegrass in my part of the state. You just can't do it on the windswept hills that are made out of sand. It just doesn't work but yet these people do it, all of them. There's hundreds of houses up there. There's quite a development. And you should see the water just flowing up there on these lawns. That's kind of like these leftists that move out of the States. They want to get out because they don't like what's going on, but then they bring it with them. It makes no sense. Right now we have a population that really isn't kicking their brain into gear. They really aren't. And I think that's very sad. Because the United States has always been home to ideas and inventions and entrepreneurs and people that have drive and spirit and had an attitude that was the envy of the world. But now we have people that can't get their face out of their phone. Everywhere I look, people have their nose in a phone. I don't think anyone enjoys their life anymore. I had to move tractors today, and I moved a tractor past three guys that were at a city park that I went past, and it was a beautiful day, and all three of them were at a city park, nice shady trees, nice, comfortable, relaxing place that has some buffalo and elk and things like that that are interesting to look at, and these guys were facing away from each other, sitting on a park bench. All of them had their nose in a phone, and they were together, but yet they weren't. They probably had a few words together because they all were, you could tell they were all friends, but they were all interested in their phone. And so our society has really changed, and not for the better. People don't know how to be civil. They don't know how to talk to each other. You go to a store, and uh, clerks don't know how to count your change back. And as a society, we're really in trouble, the Western society. And there's more little things that are happening that governments and also people are doing behind the scenes that I've been studying and trying to learn more about.
0: And I'll visit those on the other side of the break. And thank you, Jim. And Jim will be right back on the other side of this break. I happen to think this morning, I forgot to mention something to you yesterday on Tuesday. It's hard to believe that 47 years ago yesterday, I had gotten married. I actually eloped, but that's neither here nor there. And had my first wife lived, we'd be married 47 years. Hard to believe she's been gone, 18. A lot has happened in these 47 years since a young man got married and worked for a radio station in a small town in northeast Georgia. And then had the opportunity of getting to bigger and bigger markets, then moved on to engineering, then to work for a Bible college, and ultimately, ultimately end up in the ministry and now in my so called retirement years doing this radio program. God has blessed my life, even at times when I was thoroughly undeserving. I'm remarried now, as you all know, and have a wonderful godly wife and a great life. And life can be stressful, I know it, because we're living in some very precarious times. Yet we as Christians, as I said yesterday, we can't be the doom and gloom set. Most of the stuff that I read is doom and gloom. And St. Paul never never dwelt on the doom and gloom. He dealt on the victory. And that's one of the problems I think many of us are dealing with today. I I can do a radio program real easy on all the bad things going on in the world from our morality, our weird sexuality, our transgenderism, our pronouns, our wokeness, our lying, stealing elections, and I still believe it was stolen in 2020. You can't convince me otherwise. None of it makes any sense. None of this world makes any sense anymore to me. 47 years ago, I wasn't so into politics. Nobody was, even when I was 30 and 40. Nowhere near the level of politics, though I voted faithfully. I read the news and kept up on current events on a totally regular basis. Today we have been hyper-divided, and that is by design, because when we are at war with each other, when we have angst between parties, those at the globalist level benefit the most. I worry more about the World Economic Forum than I do about Joe Biden. Joe Biden is just a puppet, and those at the upper, upper level of the FBI, they're puppets too. And we're going to talk about that later this week. Right now, I need your support as this month is over today, the month of August. We begin September tomorrow. Would you consider supporting financially the work of Truth to Ponder? Every month, we have the shortwave airtime radio bill from multiple stations. And I need your help. If you would consider writing a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, the mailing address, Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248, 5753 Highway 85 North, Crestview, Florida, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That zip code again, 32536. You can also find ways to support us from our website, truth2ponder.com. This is Truth to ponder with Bob Beerman. The crown
2: of Nezer. Coming up, shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're to get in love in a moment. Now the high priest of Israel had a crown on his head, and a crown of pure gold. It circled his head. It was called the The Nezer. The Nezer was pure gold. It circled his mind, his head, as as if his thoughts. Now the word Nezer, the high priest's crown, is the same word that we get Nazarite. The Nazarite was the one who had that vow, who was separated from everything else because he abstained from all sorts of things. It means cut off. Nezer means cut off. So it, it means it was a separate thing. You see you are a priest and Messiah. And so you too have to have a crown of Nezer around your head, meaning to be holy, meaning your thought life, your head, your thought life has to be holy. And how how do you have a holy thought life? Well, the secret is in the crown of Nezer. The Nezer means to separate, to cut off. You cut off the thoughts that aren't pure. You cut it off. You abstain. It means to abstain. You abstain from dwelling on that which is not of God. You get away from it. When that thing wants to come into your thought life, you cut it off immediately. You cut off that thought of anger of lust, of, of jealousy, of, of indulgence, of whatever it is, of depression, of gloom. You can do it, and of doubt, whatever it is. And it's amazing what will happen in your thought life. Don't minister without your crown. Don't go anywhere without your crown. Circle your thoughts with the crown of God, the Nezer. Cut off the old, consecrate to the new, and your thought life too will be crowned with the glory of God. Want more? Ask for A new mind. That's right. Ask for a new mind. Now the free gift for you. From the sands of Judea uh, to the the hidden writings of the rabbis that prove Jesus the Messiah. It's amazing. The awesome mystery the mystery of the temple doors now revealed you'll love it and sapphires guaranteed to bless your socks off a free gift subscription how do you get these free gifts easy just remember jesus really name, yeshua and you dial it that's it so just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 you will be blessed with your free gifts but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1 now you might need to minister with me in, in bringing salvation to God's ancient people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of of all nations, it's amazing. The farthest way you can be part of the farthest way of ever spreading the gospel in your life through Shortwave Radio. Just call one eight hundred Yeshua one. That's one eight hundred Yeshua Y E S H U A one. Or you can write me direct. Here's how: just write to the nice Jewish boy at Box one 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 Lodi L O D I New Jersey O seventy six forty four. It's a nice Jewish boy box one 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 one. Lodi, L-O D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom and Echem Circle. Wear the crown, my friend. Circle your thoughts. Peace be to you and Messiah. Sar Hayim, the Prince of Life.
0: is Truth to
1: Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome back to the second half of Truth to Ponder. I'm Jim Calhoun, sitting in for Bob Bierman today. And Bob will be back tomorrow with another great episode of Truth to Ponder. But before I get into the second part of the show, Bob Bierman forwards emails to me. So if you want to contact me, the easiest way to do that is to send an email to Bob at Bob at Truth to And he'll forward that to me. Bob forwarded an email to me. And this person wanted me to expound on what I meant by putting a library together. And he mentioned some books that he has collected, but he hasn't used. And wanted more details. I'm sorry if I didn't make myself clear on that. What I'm meaning when it comes to foraging and living off-grid in general And being able to survive if the electricity is turned off without your consent, as in a blackout or a storm or what have you. If you're forced being off-grid against your will, then you're going to have to have some resources. Now, these books aren't going to be something you're necessarily going to look at until you need them. Everyone needs to do their own homework, look at their own situation, and ask themselves, what it's going to take as far as their having the knowledge to do certain things to keep their lifestyle as normal as possible and as productive as possible. And so since there's so many different types of people that listen to Truth to Ponder, and people live in all different types of areas, there's no way I could recommend any one or two books that are going to be one size fits all. So in a nutshell, if you want books on foraging and using natural foods that you find in the wild, You're going to have to have books that are written for your area and about the natives that lived there for thousands of years and to learn what they used in their diets. And so I'm not going to recommend any specific books, but you're going to have to do some research on your own part and find out which books that you think you should have, what kind of information you want to have stored in your library. You shouldn't just go out and spend money and buy a bunch of books. These books should have a purpose, and the purpose is insurance or backup. These books may be something you never use, and I hope you never do have to use them. But for the most part, I have to rely on my thinking that it's better to have something and not need it and never use it than to not have it and really need it. And so to that listener, I want to say thank you for listening, but also I want you to Look at your own situation and your personal habits and personal lifestyle and your area that you live in and take everything into account and then get books that pertain to you as personal as possible. I guess another example would be, do you live in an area that has lots of sunshine or lots of wind? If you have lots of sunshine, then you can get some books and things about solar. If you live in an area that has lots of wind and not much sun, of course, you would look at wind generation. That's just an example of different things that you can have in your library just in case you need it. And I hope that this answers that listener's questions. Well, I'm right in the middle of talking about little subtle changes and things that are happening behind the scenes that our good friends in the mainstream media are not telling you. And why aren't they telling you this? Well, in my opinion, the mainstream media is totally owned by the globalists and the New World Order, and it's managed and funded by people who are aligning with the spirit of Antichrist. And so they want everyone to be ignorant, because if things go the way they can, and I'm talking in a bad way, they want as many people as possible to be collateral damage. They're the type of people that, if they were on the Titanic and saw the iceberg in the distance and figured out that there would be a collision with the iceberg, they would have stole the lifeboats before it even happened. And then they would launch the boat and let everyone else drown. Because that's what kind of people we're dealing with. We're dealing with people that are not good humans as far as the news media is concerned. And on the nightly news, all they do is lie to you or they don't inform you on things that you really need to know about. Another thing that got past the mainstream media was that back in August the Chicago Mercantile Exchange had 41% of the physical gold in their kilovolts was pulled in one day. 41% of the physical gold was pulled from the kilo vaults in one day. Now, if that doesn't sound like a run on the bank, I don't know what is. So what do these people that own all this gold, what do they know that we don't? 41% of the gold of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange is pulled in one day? To me, that's just as massive of a sign of something happening with our economy that's not good, as was the stock market crashing in 1929. And so some of the wealthy people do know what's coming. They're either part of it or they're connected enough to know that it is coming. And so why didn't that make the news? They might say, well, we don't want to have a panic and have a run on the banks. Well, sorry, too late. The horse is out of the barn. They've already had a run on the bank. At least the Chicago Mercantile Exchange had a run, getting 41% of the gold in one day. And I am talking 41% of the gold in the kilovolts. So that's the kilo size of gold. But still, that's an awful lot of gold to be withdrawn in one day. And then also you have all these major corporations that are quietly closing locations, laying people off, firing people, filing for bankruptcy, all sorts of things that aren't making the news. Ford Motor Company laying off. Multitudes of people. Then you have bureaucrats all over the world that are passing laws that are going to outlaw internal combustion engines because they have to have zero carbon because carbon's bad. Has anyone ever told these people that we're made out of carbon? That if we go to zero carbon on this planet, there won't be a living thing on this planet? Maybe that's what they're aiming towards. I don't know. But these people are very ill informed. And now they have a war on nitrogen, which is crazy because there's more nitrogen in the atmosphere than any other gas. That's what we breathe, folks, but yet they want to get rid of it. And how many people remember the rainforest in the Amazon, where night after night the news media would keep a running total of how many acres of forest were cleared that day and how deforestation of the equator? was going to kill us all because we need trees. I had to endure decades of people preaching about the glory and marvel of trees. But now, it seems like trees, as far as some of these climate change people are concerned, are bad. We need to chop them down because trees are bad. It's like back in the 70s, we were going to have an ice age. I remember that very well. The ice age is coming. Watch out. Then ten years later, it's the ozone hole. Oh no, the ozone hole opened. Ah. When's the last time you heard anything about the ozone hole? They use it for something political, and they don't need it anymore. Then it was global warming. It's like, wait a minute. I thought I was going to get covered with ice. Now I'm going to burn up. These people are counting on us having very short memories, because unfortunately, us sheep out here have very small little memories and they're counting on that. And so it seems to me that the company's laying off all these people very quietly, as well as people that have money taking their physical gold out of their account at to Chicago Mercantile, that means something. Now what? I'm not sure, but I'm sure it's not good. And another thing that's happening behind the scenes that can affect all of us in a very negative way, is the formation of BRICS. BRICS stands for several nations that have allied themselves economically. And the BRICS stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Now, if you combine the populations of all those countries, that's close to half the world's population is encompassed in in this small group of countries. And then, if you look at land mass, when you have Russia and China and the largest country in South America, Brazil, those three countries alone are massively huge and have a large percentage of the land mass in the entire world. And this group is coming up with ways to pay each other for debts as far as foreign trade using Chinese money and Russian money and and assets from the other countries, and they're bypassing the West. They're bypassing the dollar. And they've already accomplished that. And think about how many people trade with China. Everybody does. All China would have to do is halt exports to a certain country, and that country would collapse. Plain and simple. And it's not like World War II when you just had Italy, and Japan, and Germany against the world. Three small countries with dictators. We're talking about the largest economies in the world, the largest armies in the world, the most sophisticated countries in the world as far as China and Russia is concerned. Now, we're lied to and we're told that they don't have any capabilities. They most certainly do have capabilities. Remember Bill Clinton? He ended up giving the Chinese government classified secrets of all sorts of inventions and things that our military had in exchange for campaign money. He definitely committed treason and got away with it, but he's a Clinton, and his wife does the same thing. And so don't tell me that they just have junk, because I'll have none of it. Now, we might have better equipment. Ours might be better. But where do we get the parts? From China. Where do we buy the flags that are flown over the bases that our troops are housed in? China. Where do we get the uniforms that our soldiers and airmen and sailors wear? China. We are in absolute deep trouble as a nation. But I'm talking about we, the people. I'm talking about us individually. Remember back when Ronald Reagan basically won the Cold War by outspending Russia and ruining Russia's economy. I guess I should say Soviet Union because that was when they were all together. Well, it worked. Well, guess who learned how to do that? All the countries in BRICS. All they would have to do is join together in lockstep and shut the West off. And literally, the West would shut off. They could ruin our economy in less than a week if they wanted to bad enough. And all of your savings and everything you own could be totally worthless because of something that happens in Russia or China. Of course, they're the big wheels of this operation of BRICS, but India's no slouch. India is on the verge of becoming the most populated country on Earth. They also have a large army. And they have a lot of capability. Never underestimate India. And then, if you look at Brazil, for some reason, North Americans don't think of South America that often. And when they do, they think of vacations or Latin music or ancient dwellings and a lot of history, ancient history. It's going to be so easy for these countries in BRICS to gain allies. After the United States dollar gets undermined to the point where it collapses. You're going to find that all these people that were the friend of the United States only because of the dollar are going to spit in the eye of the American government. And they are going to gladly step over with their trading partners because they already have trade with China. China has been investing all over the world. They're buying land all over the world. They're buying farmland all over the United States. They're investing very heavily in Africa and in South America. So what happens if the United States and Canada and Australia and Britain and France and Germany stand up and start huffing and puffing, and then all of a sudden the entire continent of South America and every country in Asia, with the exception of Japan and South Korea, allies themselves with China? What happens when some of the former Soviet satellite areas won't become part of Russia, but they'll join BRICS. They'll be part of that organization. Because believe me, if and when BRICS decides to stab the West with their knife, they'll turn it. They'll insert the knife, and then they'll turn the knife, which does maximum damage. And they're poised to do that, and they're doing that behind the scenes. Every day, there's little treaties being signed. There's little things happening. And all these companies that thought they were so smart, they were going to shut down operations in Russia because of Ukraine. They've slit their own throat as far as being a worldwide corporation because BRICS is getting stronger every day. All these things that were done to hurt Russia, as far as the sanctions, have they hurt Russia? Oh, they probably have a lot more than they admit. But I know that those sanctions have hurt. The West more than it's hurt Russia. Look at the blackouts that are happening in Europe right now. And they don't have a very good outlook for this winter because they won't have any electricity or heating fuel of any type. And so Europe is going to have to go back to burning peat and wood. And lots of people are buying electric space heaters. A lot of good that's going to do when your power grid goes down. And so Europe is facing a catastrophe of a winter. And if Europe falls, the whole Western society falls. And if the United States and Canada are just left out on this little island, it won't be very long till our economies will fall. And then you look at Canada with the tyrant they have up there, who needs to be sent packing. Because he's a tyrant, he's a dictator, and he's ruining the beautiful country of Canada. But he's also a puppet, he's a pawn. And I know that's a Canadian problem, and I have a lot of good friends in Canada, and I really feel sorry for them that they have to endure this clown that calls himself the leader of Canada. Well, we have a clown too, illegitimate Joe. He needs to go as well. But I think that we're in a game of pawns. I think Trudeau's a pawn. I think Biden's a pawn. I think Harris is a pawn. I think the people behind the scenes that have all the money, the Bill Gateses and George Soros and the World Economic Forum and all these different groups, they have way too much power and way too much control. Then you have this five or six corporations that literally own the entire media worldwide, spout their propaganda, and they get everyone thinking that they're hearing the truth when they're not. And so we have these things going on in the background that are basically psychological operations. And they're running full bore. And lots of things that has been done to other countries by our CIA and our FBI, they're turning them inwardly and they're using those same tactics against us, their own people. I've been watching quite a few videos of corruption in law enforcement. And I've got to the point now where I won't trust a policeman ever again. Because there's so many people catching the police who seem to be untrained, that seem to make up laws as they go, and they have no hesitation in lying to you. And they might stop you for one reason and find out that that won't stick. And so then they'll change their story. And they might have stopped you for one reason, they say. And then when they find out that they were wrong, Let's say they stopped you because you had a burnt-out taillight, but you didn't have a burnt-out taillight, when they realize that their little story isn't going to fly, well, then all of a sudden, maybe you weaved a little bit, or maybe you are speeding. It seems like that the police all over are not trained on civil rights of just the average American. And I've heard dozens of times, cops tell people they've stopped illegally, and I'm going to quote, I don't care about your rights. Now, can you believe someone that swears an oath to protect and serve the public and also swears an oath to the Constitution to defend it, to openly stomp all over the Constitution and all over the rights of those that they pull over? So right now, one of the biggest criminal groups we have going happens to be organized into government, whether it be FBI, CIA, local police, sheriff. I'm treading on very thin ice here with some people. But I'm just telling you that in my research, I'm finding that most of the good cops don't speak out because they don't want to lose their job. But the bad cops are just nothing but untrained bullies. And when you have that kind of a situation, it makes it really hard for the common citizen to know who they can trust. And it really makes people feel hopeless if they think that if they dial 911, that the call won't be taken serious, or it won't be answered, or no cops will come, or the cops will come and harass you. And so we have an awful long ways to go. This country is in very deep trouble. But again, there are solutions, and the solutions have to start in our own heart. And we have to give our heart to God. That's first and foremost. We have to give our allegiance to God. We need to give our problems to God. All these things that I've talked about, they're minuscule, they're tiny as compared to the power of Almighty God. And so there's no reason we should live in fear. There's no reason that we should be apprehensive because the Bible already lays out in all the prophecies that the Bible does contain that hard times are going to be coming. Now, this may not be the tribulation. I personally do not think it is because... I think if you have to ask that question, is this a tribulation? Then I think that that means that it's not because I don't think there's gonna be any doubt in anybody's mind worldwide when the tribulation starts. So that's why about every five or six shows, I say the same thing and I'm gonna say it again now. Even though the United States is in trouble and Canada's in trouble and France and Germany and England and all the Western countries are in massive trouble the kingdom of God is just fine and so I personally my top allegiance goes to the kingdom of God now I love my country but my country right now doesn't necessarily love its people I'm not talking about the people in the country I'm talking about the ones that think that they're leaders or rulers instead of public servants and so I think it's a good thing to put your treasures in heaven so to speak and rely on the power of Almighty God. Because everything I've talked about this whole show, all the negativity, can be overcome with faith. So all we have to do is have faith the size of a mustard seed, and we can move mountains. And so let's make sure that we have faith at least the size of a mustard seed. And let's use that faith. Let's go forward and be a light to the world. Because I've just spent an hour talking about darkness. And the reason I do that is because the news media is not telling everybody the truth or the extent of what's happening. And so I want everyone to be forewarned and prepared. But also I want you to understand this, it's time for us to be the light in the world. It is time for us to be the salt of the earth. Well, I hope that someone got something from the show today. I really appreciate Bob Beerman having me guest host today. And it would be great if you would consider helping fund Truth to Ponder as a partner because this show comes to you only by the generous donations of listeners. And you can go to the website which is truth2ponder.com the and then hit the tab that says support and then you can read through on that page how to electronically support Truth to Ponder. But if you want to do it old school by mail, you can send a check or money order and you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio Ancient Word Radio and you would mail to Truth to Ponder 5753 Highway 85 North 5753 Highway 85 North Number 3248 3248 Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536. Again, thank you for listening. And until next time, everyone, stay alert, stay strong, stay safe, but most of all, replace fear with faith.
0: This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth.com